Um, so I'm just going to talk to you about your shop. So you own Knit Nottingham. So just explain yeah. to me what the shop um, sells and what it has to offer because I've, I've read your website and I've heard some like nice things as workshops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's nice thing. Well, <laughs> it's um, really we're a wool shop. Um, so we sell wool and uh, needles and patterns, hooks, uh, buttons, anything to do with um, knitting and crochet um, and some other smaller crafts, kind of like macrame and maybe a bit of cross stitch or something, but only in a small way. Um, and then uh, we teach um, workshops, which are to do with knitting and crochet, but also spinning and dyeing. Um, and then we have parties in like when real life resumes um, and some events and so like we get speakers in um, and we do some coach trips. And then also um, we've got the social media aspect of it, which is mostly to do with promoting the shop, obviously, but also I take a real sort of feminist stance um, and um, uh, talk a lot about sort of politics, uh, body positivity, um, ethics, all the good stuff in life yeah. yeah I read that you said you're unapologetically political on your website um yeah. does everyone who kind of works in the shop do their views all align is that like important to your brand and do you have a certain type of consumer would you say because of this stance <laughs> that's really interesting so uh so there's like two aspects of that I guess there's the, the like the people that work here and then there's the the customers that we have um so I would say that the people that work here like roughly align um uh, uh we're just crossing over uh, now so one of my one of my ladies is leaving she's going to live on a boat in London which is like lovely for her uh, and she like she's queer and um uh, was a social worker so he's like really kind of lefty liberal and um, trauma informed and it was absolutely fantastic to have her and to see her working with customers who I'll come on to. Um, I tend to have sort of more alternative people working for us but I'm just about to have um, like a suburban mum of two uh, just married straight white woman to come and work with us uh, which is like really interesting for us but she's um, she's also uh, got like uh anxiety um and uh, uh is sort of real high up on like mental health and stuff like that so different different aspects um i i i don't ask anybody about their politics um when they come to work for us but you would have to be a bit weird i think to to work here um in terms of customers that we have um uh like there is a kind of obvious customer that we definitely have which is kind of like a mid age to older white woman uh generally kind of middle class um has disposable income a sort of stuff um uh and i always think that people overlook them these actually are especially of the the age that we're talking about these are women that that were working mothers and probably some of the first generation to be that um and um have brought up the children that are now kind of politically exciting is that the word like these are the people that have, have kind of made and built our values now um we do also have um a, a big sort of younger audience um and they might be kind of queer like vegan arty eco that sort of stuff like all the kind of odd oddballs um and also um a lot of uh, the kind of mentally 
I guess unwell people like a lot of people come to craft because of mental health issues and that's like really important to us and that was that and probably body positivity was were the, the first two ways that I allowed politics to come into the shop I was I was really when I first started I was very much I didn't want politics to be part of it because it can be so divisive can't it but I think that's I think that's the party politics. I actually think when you're talking about ethics and values, I mean, if 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 somebody doesn't want, I don't know, queer people to get married, then really like sod off. I'm I'm not. But it only it does that only comes with confidence when you know your business is going to work. Yeah. I understand that if you're struggling, you'll take a penny off anybody. But but I I'm not. So I I can make those decisions. I'm not an outright arsehole to everybody, but I will question. People. Yeah, definitely people <laughs> over brexit <laughs> i was quite arsehole to quite a lot of people <laughs> yeah do you think that's kind of formed your brand then um because you said that you opened in 2010 so what before you opened what was your view of the shop compared to what it is now If I'm honest, I didn't. Okay, so so I studied law um, and then towards the end of my degree, I had a breakdown and it was all to do with a boy. Oh, my God. And when I think back to that boy now, I'm just like, oh, for God's sake, Eleanor. But almost everything that I did at that point for like three or four years was to show that particular boy that I was like artistic and interesting and popular and I literally can't believe it but that is why I opened the shop <laughs> um so I had in my head this sort of version of uh, an American shop an American yarn shop so in America it's quite different they sell yarn in places like what well, they're called Hobby Lobby but they also sell it in like Walmart so you see it everywhere we're starting to get that here a little bit but it's the sort of cheap end of stuff that's that's sold in um in those kind of big box stores and then the yarn shops are quite posh um and quite sell quite like local and hand dyed and expensive indie stuff um but that does mean that their profit margins are quite high and so and 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 not only that but the space is is um, it, America is much more spacious than the UK is so the the shops are quite big and there's like sofas and coffee and I sort of had that in my head and also kind of building this like community but the reality of opening a business in the UK in the middle of a recession like 2008 and nine was the kind of crash and then 2010 was the height of the recession there were David Cameron there was austerity there was riots and the reality of opening a wool shop on Mansfield Road in Nottingham was not like lush sofas <laughs> it was very much scrabbling around to sell the cheapest of the cheap that I could to the people that were in that community um and it is quite different now that we're on Trinity Walk. Mansfield Road was, um, uh, there were a lot of immigrants. I think in my sort of stretch, certainly, I was the only um, English shopkeeper on there. Um, people from all over Europe, but also from Jamaica. Um, there was somebody from Turkey, like various places around the world. And it was, we were 
friendly and enmeshed and it was like a fabulous thing and 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 the customers that you saw were very much like I got the UK customers and my Jamaican next door neighbor got the Jamaican customers and um so we were the customers were sort of separate but you would see some some intermingling um whereas on this street that I'm in now um uh I think we're all think we're all English I don't even think there's anybody from like Scotland or anything oh no that's not true we've got well I, I mean his English is from is from Sheffield um but he's uh, very much got a sort of Jamaican heritage so um uh so and actually he moved into my old shop when I moved out and then he followed me here he's stalking me um yeah anyway so what did you ask you asked if it was an important part of the shop the politics is that what you asked that was a few questions ago. So I, it was kind of like where, from when you was opening the shop back in 2010 to where you are now, is it yes. go as you kind of thought it would go in your head? Has Obviously, it sounds like you've got quite a community of um, political people with like strong opinions. Did you ever expect that to kind of be how it is now when you opened back in 2010? No. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, the answer is no, but I, I should have expected it. We opened in a recession and I opened because I was a, a, a woman that needed empowering. Yeah. Um, so I should have expected that it would end up political, but no, I never, <laughs> I never knew that that would be part of it, you know. Do you have any idea? Because obviously you said you came from a law background. So was you always creative, um, like when you was doing your degree in law? And did you expect, like, did you know how to open a shop or did, was this just a crazy idea that came to you? I, I didn't know how to open a shop. <laughs> I had no idea how to open a shop. Um, I started knitting at 16 and really got serious about it when I had my breakdown, really, when I was about, I was about 19, 20. Um, uh, uh, but I'm not, we're not a particularly creative family, um, perhaps a bit perhaps a bit like weird like my dad was a big old hippie um but not um yeah it's not like in the family or anything like it wasn't a big part of my childhood um uh so but opening the shop I literally I had no idea how to do it um there was another shop that had um uh, with a note it was called Nitty Gritty who was owned by a, a woman called Lizzie who was young as well <laughs> when she'd opened I, perhaps she was 22 or 23 so she opened this shop on the market and I got quite friendly with her and I taught some lessons um uh god and I just loved knitting and I loved wool and I, I remember looking after her shop on a Saturday once I took a day off my work to look after her shop for like half the money that I, <laughs> I should have got I was just so excited and where she would have usually taken about 30 quid I took 300 quid because I was so excited and I was able to help because I had the knowledge and I was I just was excited about selling things to people and like getting people knitting really and she could not believe <laughs> that I'd made this amount of money and I think it was that that sort of put the nail in the coffin really because she just wasn't enjoying it so she when she shut down I was the first person that she told and um and I rang a couple of girls that I knew from from my knitting club um, 
and just said like we've been talking about how we would do this better than Lizzie I mean we all loved her we all supported her but we knew she wasn't doing very well um and we've been talking about how we'd be doing it differently to her and I said like now is the time really so we each put a th- there were, they ended up being three of us we put a thousand pounds in each and just did it and if I'm honest I really wish I'd have borrowed that money and not had them to deal with because it was mostly my labor, mostly my brain power, mostly my energy that, that did it. Um, and I pretty soon bought them out. Um, and it's been me ever since. And the shop's not really, it's not really changed. Like it hasn't missed them. Um, which is a shame because I love the idea of like cooperation and all that sort of stuff. But actually I am the, I, like, I can be an arsehole. I've got strong opinions. I'm probably not easy to work with. So what were you asking? Did I know how to open a shop? No, I didn't know how to open a shop. I just rang up some suppliers and, and in fact, my main supplier now King Cole, and I'm, I can't remember what they call it, but I'm a sort of like superstar stockist in the Midlands. So they send people to me because I have most of their stuff. My first interaction with the rep on that was an argument because he told me that I should be doing it differently and I was like you can sod off <laughs> uh, but we ended up being quite friendly yeah. um and uh and and then I'm my biggest supplier Lovely. so yeah you say you're quite extrovert then you sound quite extrovert to me which for me I'm complete opposite I'm introvert but you seem very extrovert and like you don't you got an opinion you'll say it <laughs> you know like life is very very short um my dad died like two years ago and that just crystallized I think everything that I'd started thinking about like life is literally short and he retired really because of ill health and then died like a couple of years later and so all of his careful working and he worked hard for his family and he saved money and he he did it he did everything right and 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 he was a vegetarian and he was thin and he didn't smoke and he didn't drink and he did all of these things right and he bloody died riddled with cancer so I just think life is very short so if you've got something to do or to say then you must do or say it however and I and, and I don't I really genuinely don't give a shit about what people think about me like and I think that that comes from being fat almost all of my life I've never I've never been acceptable, you know? <laughs> so like, if I'm not going to be acceptable, I might as well be truthful. Um, that's not to say you can go and be an arsehole with everybody, but you could be more of an arsehole than you think, you know? But I, actually I am quite, I mean, I would I would consider myself to be an introvert um, in terms of, you know, that sort of assessment whereby you, it, what gives you energy. And actually the thing that gives me energy is, is, is really being at home, <laughs> just like away from people with my knitting. My, my cats maybe my husband but like that's <laughs> that's iffy but I do like people and I know that I have a talent for for um for engaging with people and inspiring people and I I try and use that I try and use that because because life is really 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 short yeah really short yeah. that sounds great um so what would you say to somebody who was wanting to kind of start a business open a shop but they maybe they don't have that um just go for it because life is short sort of mentality what would you say to them oh god (laughs) well I didn't have it when I started the shop so I don't think you need to have it yeah but I think if you if I think if you become successful you get it yeah um you 
I would say like do it if you want to do it like there's really you've got you've really got to take sensible risks I'm not talking about like adding yourself up into to tens of thousands of pounds worth of debt but I started this business which is now I mean I've no idea what it's worth but my stock alone is worth 30 to 40 grand I started it with three grand so you you can you can do do it you can any anything that you want to get to you can start with a smaller version and work yourself uh, work yourself up and work really hard but also bear in mind that you need to rest as well like um that's probably I'm only starting to understand the importance of rest now 10 years in 32 years old <laughs> like um uh that's more like anybody business or no business or whatever like rest allow yourself to rest because life is short and like you don't get to I didn't like you die at some point and you don't get to take it all with you so you've got to enjoy the stuff that you're doing at, at the minute but that's all the more reason to not just get a job for the sake of getting a job is it like yeah. business is enjoyable making money is enjoyable and and the empowerment that you can that you can the, the stuff that you you can create by making money is enjoyable it's so so the woman that's that's leaving me to go off and um and live, live on a boat in London is um she had just come back from Australia um where her parents had been and she'd come back to 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 care for her granddad um and she came in asking for a job and I didn't have a proper job to give her but I had some hours to give her like self-employed hours um and she took those on I don't I think she was still looking for a job but she took the the self-employed hours on and actually she managed in the two, three years that she's been with us to um, set herself up this incredible business where she's using crafters like a, a tool for mental um, health for um, disadvantaged uh, and queer youth and also um, uh, women who have been affected by domestic violence. So she's built this like really kind of niche um, uh, business all because of my business and like how empowering is that and it's not the sort of thing that you get from working nine to five in an office and I understand that that works for some people but you can start off with three thousand pounds that you've scraped together with people that you don't really like and you can end up by actually affecting a hundred lives of, of women that have suffered domestic abuse you know so yeah yeah that's it yeah that's great um you say you, you the shop sounds more than a shop to me it sounds like you've said like a community but do you go further afield have you been into like colleges or unis like because I went to college in Nottingham doing art and design and yeah. have people come in and speak have you ever done anything like that or like even uni students I do go and speak so so anytime any students ever asked ask me students or anybody ever ask me for like an interview or anything like that I just say yes I, I consider it part of my part of my job really to, to to try and inspire people um and I have believe it or not for three four years running I went to speak to Nottingham University engineering students about running a business but I think they found somebody that was um perhaps as compelling as me but like within an engineering sphere and I haven't heard from them since <laughs> but that was quite nice um uh, and um I do uh we have some students from Nottingham College that art and design coming in to do um work experience and I've been a little bit of a part of helping the college try and sort of design that 
better so that the students are getting the skills that they need so trying to like show what industry needs um if i'm honest i don't work very well with organizations because i find them really tiresome like i people are slow <laughs> people that have proper jobs are slow and I understand that that's a part of it and that there's processes, processes that they've got to go through but do you know if I want to do something I just do something and because I think I've probably I mean it's been a long time since I've had a proper job and I never really had a career I am not used to being friendly for the sake of being friendly like if somebody's an arsehole I'm just not interested being slow for the sake of being slow I just I want to get stuff done I just want to get stuff done I mean I suppose you see that in the text message like finally once we've actually communicated like yeah I want to get it done let's get it yeah. done let's do it yeah no, I love so, so yes I, well I mean it gets it done it just gets stuff done like life again life is short you know you can feel it full of stuff life is short um so yes I would and I will and I have um done stuff with people but but if I have to do too much messing around with people I don't like then I'm not interested no I think I'm quite the same as you like what how do you feel about people being late because I can't stand lateness <laughs> it really infuriates <laughs> me because I I plan my day and I if I'm doing this at this time with someone and then I have something at this time it needs to be <laughs> needs yeah 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 <laughs> yes absolutely and I am not late like that is not um that's not something that that I do but I also I think again uh, possibly related to my dad dying <laughs> it was like a huge thing for me but it's um allowing just just a little bit more allowance for people you know because like things are happening you don't understand I, when I think about the customers that came to me with like problems that they were having I was like bitch I'm sorry you can't turn up to the thing that you agreed that you were turning up to but my dad's dying so like whatever anything that you bring to me it doesn't mean anything anyway what I suppose what I'm saying is like you don't know you just don't know what people are going through do you so yes basically if somebody is repeatedly late then they are one of the assholes I want nothing to do with <laughs> I will, I will, there's some allowances <laughs> yeah definitely sometimes like everyone has shit going on I guess so but it's yeah people that are repeatedly it's very yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's disrespectful is what it is it's disrespectful of your time and it's not understanding that life is short is it that's yeah um so how have you coped through the pandemic dare I say covid <laughs> <laughs> um oh well okay so I I've had a really interesting pandemic and it's not been terrible um so obviously like a year ago almost to the day we had to shut the shop we've had a website for 10 years so I sort of just pivoted onto the website but it's not a brilliant website it was wasn't brilliant to begin with to be honest and after 10 years and it's no longer sort of supported it's uh, really not brilliant and it's also not connected to our stock levels um which has been fine in normal times because we um uh, people buy stuff and we might not have it in, but we can order it within a few days. 
but the stock levels of the suppliers all of the suppliers have been really low um and also certainly through parts of the pandemic because they were working differently they couldn't get stuff out to us like at points it was three weeks late where we would usually get a next day service we were getting a three-week service so that has not been easy um we've had a lot of new customers who don't understand haven't bothered to read the terms and conditions of course because nobody does about that we that our stock levels aren't connected and then if we have to wait three weeks and then possibly at the end of three weeks it might not be in stock at there at like the supplier's end it's been really difficult to try and communicate that to people um, and that's tested my skills because I don't really like talking on the phone I don't think many millennials like talking on the phone um, so testing my skills of how to communicate to people that don't know me that I am not a huge corporation that just wants their money that actually I care that they get the wool that they want and need um, but also I have the expertise to help them get alternatives because they might be used to buying their wool from say Aldi or something where there is no no skill and expertise um, so that's that's been interesting um, Working on my own um, is interesting. I mean, you can see the shit old shop behind me. I am not a tidy person and my staff are the people that usually keep me tidy and organised and they, they have basically not been in for a year. So um, that's been quite difficult. Um, on top of that, uh, we've been in order to say so both of my staff, well, all of my staff are self-employed. Um, so I did not have to keep them on during the pandemic um but I felt like a sort of duty like the right thing to do and I didn't know how I was going to do it because I didn't know how I was going to get the money enough money through the website to pay for them um but anyway so in order to keep them on we're building a new website which has been like we've got a lot of products I mean we're only a small shop but if every if every yarn has at least 10 options and some yarns have 30 options and then each of those say a hundred yarns that we have that have got however many options that they've got if they've all got sort of 10 patterns that apply to them then you're really talking tens of thousands of products to get on and to keep an eye on all of that whilst also dealing with the horrendous anxiety of of um of a pandemic and also running my business in a totally different way has been just at points horrific um however <laughs> however i um like watching people like watching people step up and support us is just i can't like it brings tears to my eyes i can't describe how affirming it is the customers that i've supported like sometimes in their most difficult times like for example one of my customers came into my shop and she was having a miscarriage she didn't know where else to go and 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 and, and to see them understand that they have a part to play in keeping this shop going is just I can't I, I, honestly I don't have the words to describe it so that I mean that is just honestly I could cry when I think about how how important that's that's been it's, it's just been incredible um and also to see um 
also the the support from the government if i'm honest the the amount of money that we've got so we get we get sort of money for the shop because we're a high street business and they want to keep us going and then as a self-employed person i get money from the government as well um and it's all based on takings um uh but if i'm honest i wouldn't have taken the amount of money that they've given to me um I would have just reinvested it into the shop and I would have taken the absolute bare minimum. But because I was given that and we're talking like tens of thousands of pounds at this point, probably I'm trying to um, probably 20,000 pounds. I've maybe had like split over those two different things. It's it's meant for me personally that I have really got on top of my finances. Like I've always been okay. The shop has always been brought in enough money to 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 fit what I needed to fit. But I don't own my own house. And um um, and I've never had savings and um, I, I never have, I never thought that finance was for me, but having that little bit of space um, and some time, which I'll talk about in a second, has meant that actually I've really started to get on top of my finances. I've, for example, taken out a credit card that has cash back, um, which sounds ridiculous, but like I never trusted myself with a credit card before because I never knew I'd have the money to pay for it. But now I've got that lump sum of money I can spend money on my credit card no more than I would normally spend I'm only buying the stuff that I would have bought but I like in the last 24 hours I've got 10 pound free money like 10 pound cash back on my credit card and I wouldn't have had that before because I was bloody poor but the government have made me rich I mean compared to what I was I'm in no way rich but the government have given me this money that means that I can start to make different decisions and that feels like the beginning of the rest of my life where I become more capable in finance and and again coming back to that empowerment empowered women and um, non-binary and queer people as well empowered people that are at the sharp end of a white supremacist patriarchy as we are empower other people like men don't white cis men sit in power and continue to give themselves power and the people that they engage with who are other white cis men that that's what they keep power between themselves that's what a patriarch is and i mean like it is what it is i'd like to dismantle it but if you the more power that we can claw back as people at the sharp end of that the more power that we will distribute and i'm not I'm I'm not talking about people like Maggie Thatcher either. (laughs) I understand that not every woman or queer person is excellent, but but I do think that the more of us that are able to to get that bit of power, and that's what money is, it's a tool, the better. So the fact that the Tories have given me that is like very pleasing to me. Um, And then like, I suppose the other aspect of it is the time. Like um, there's, I guess the worst thing about um, having a, a bricks and mortar shop is that you do have to be here on time. And I mean, I'm talking about all this sort of hippie-ish, ethics-ish, political stuff. But the 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 reality of it is that we are a shop and we are here to, um, to serve people and to sell wool and shops that don't open on time don't stay open for long. So um, I am here and I have been here and it's been six or seven days for the last decade of my life, which is a third of my life um so so not having to be here every single day taking some days off taking taking some afternoons off coming in late um has been and honestly taking a weekend because I'm not teaching lessons on every Sunday has just been incredible for my mental health like I can't describe how it's like night and day how I different I feel in my body 
for for taking that rest I've started reading again I haven't read for a decade I haven't been able to I haven't been able to concentrate I haven't I haven't had enough space in my brain waves to read a book for a decade and I this year alone I'm I'm five six books in like it's incredible so like like terrible and brilliant is how I would describe COVID <laughs> it sounds like it's been quite a blessing to business <laughs> Yeah, honestly, and 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 me as well. And I mean, I am the business, so like it's I. You can't separate that out. Yeah, absolutely. In 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 many ways, and I am really excited, and it's given me the space to become inspired again. I'm excited about the new website. I'm excited about the stuff that we could do. I'm excited about. I've just done a. I've had the time. I was able to take the days off to do a a, a university level course. It was only three days, but it was just about sustainability and inclusivity and leadership, and it was just absolutely like mind changing the way that I'm starting to think about my business I've also done a, a business coaching course like I'm that, that I would never have had the time to do I wouldn't have been an option before um first of all because I didn't have the lump sum of money to pay for it I would have been able to scrape it but I would have been looking at my figures and probably saying oh I can do without it but I had the money there I might as well have paid for it um and the time as well and it's making me think about not really changing the business as such but making me understand the impact of the business um and, and what it has on people and the environment and and the planet and all that sort of stuff um do you think that is your shop is going to kind of expand now like i know in lockdown people have like been kind of creating new hobbies do you think because of that you're going to have more customers when we're open again when the world's alive again um or do you think it's going to kind of stay the same or do you think it's just going to expand and especially with your new online shop you know it feels like sounds like to me you've upgraded everything well still in the process of upgrading I suppose really because it's not live yet oh my god (laughs) still not like a year later anyway um I, if I'm honest, I don't. I have no idea. I'm. I'm sort of. I'm kind of cautious about it. Uh, when we reopened um, during the summer, um, we were busy, really busy for a couple of weeks, and then it really slowed down. But people were scared. But we're in a we're in a different position now. I think with the vaccine, um, uh, uh, and I. Th- I th- I think that people will be less scared. I feel less scared if I'm honest. So we were serving people from a table at the front. Um, we're now going to allow two people actually, at the t- or like two bubbles at a time into the shop. Um, so, uh, so, so if I'm feeling different, I guess other people are feeling different. Um, yeah, in, in a, yes, I, I am excited about where the shop goes and I'm really excited about my new member of staff that's coming on. She's, as I've described, she's quite different to the rest of us who have just been a sort of ramshackle group of weirdos. She has a background in marketing and she understands how to do um, like Canva and all the sort of digital, like making things look fancy. So like that, I'm quite excited about um, sort of using her to her best potential. God, that sounds horrible. Like allowing her to use herself to her best potential, you know, like. um, And also my new understanding of finance. Um, I mean, I've been concentrating on a personal level, but actually 
all of that stuff that I've learned applies as well to to a shop like mine and I literally had a new okay so there's this idea there's this thing called profit first um and it's the idea that you pay so in business you you pay yourself first it's not what most business people do especially or business women I should say do when they first set up they'll they'll pay everybody else off and then they'll be like if there's 20 quid left over that's mine and that's more or less been the way that I've done it although it's a bit more than 20 quid but this concept of profit first is you pay yourself a, either a set amount or a percentage and you pay it first before anybody, before your suppliers, before your creditors, anybody. Um, but part of that, there's a whole book about it and I haven't read the book, if I'm honest, but part of that is that you want to save a certain amount of cushion so that you feel comfortable that you can pay yourself first, that there is money there to pay other people if paying yourself first means that they don't get paid, if you know what I mean. And the cushion that they suggest that you use is between three and nine months. So I worked out nine months worth of cushioning for me would be about 52 53,000 pounds which seems like an incredible like amount of money like how am I gonna at the rate that I'm saving in my personal life at the minute that would take me 26 years (laughs) to collect and of course it needs to be you can't just have 52,000 pounds sat in a bank account uh I mean you can but you 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 want it to be earning something back interest rates on savings are atrocious you can't invest it because you can't get a hold of it like um and also there's in the back of my head business person if I spent 50 50 000 pounds on wool if I sold it all I'd make a hundred thousand pounds so why would I save fifty thousand pounds back apart from it's good for your mental health where am I going with oh yeah so I was talking to my business coach about this and she said to me that if she was to save nine months worth it'd be a hundred thousand thousand pounds um which um again made me like like that's not numbers that that that's applicable to me you know like how how am I in the level that I'm talking to people that are but when you think about a multi-million pound business that's a hundred thousand pounds is nothing having that sat there is nothing is it so what am I talking about oh yeah where am I going with this so yesterday I um literally had the understanding that I did not have to think I do not have to think small about my business and I'm thinking small by being scared of 52,000 pounds in savings I'm thinking small but actually I want to get to having 100,000 pounds in savings because I have a multi-million pound business but I'll be doing good while I've got my multi-million pound business I'll be employing good people and helping the earth and um, empowering people as well yeah like just having millions and billions and mm-hmm. sat on it, <laughs> letting people suffer. <laughs> no, I'll be spending it. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. I will be I'll be spending that, you know. It'll be here, there and everywhere. I'll be investing and, and employing and yeah, yeah. You can you can like money has got this terrible uh branding almost and it's because the people that have money are rich white cis men and they are the fucking worst so we need to get money to other people and we need to rebrand it my dad used to say my late dad used to say it's not you know how people say money is the root of all evil it's not that in the bible it is not that it says the root problem like I don't I don't want money for the sake of having money. I want money for what it can bring, for the good that it can bring, for for, for how you can invest it and what you can build with it. Yeah, definitely. It's just how you go about using it, I guess. Would you say that um, 
you've had like your money mindset has grown then and the way you see money because you know there's this idea of people that maybe didn't come from so much money or they've kind of been brought up thinking that money is this evil they grow up to kind of be a bit worried um with how they use yes say that you've kind of grown from that yeah yeah do you know if you have a look at my um instagram today i don't know whether you have but this is what i'm talking about i i i I shouldn't really be poking people about this but i'm fascinated and i'm fascinated about how it fits in with feminism and body positivity as well and i will talk about that in a second but i asked people i was talking about my credit card because yesterday i took a screenshot of the cashback that i had on my credit card it was two pound 23 and now and I put a picture up on Instagram and that like there's like a picture of a, a rabbit going like with money and like this is how the other half live but literally I have spent money that I would have spent anyway and I have made my I've got money I've taken money that is my that is now my money it was free money I've taken that and I can put it forward to something else so I put a picture of that on and I, I got loads of responses like oh credit cards oh credit um, and so I asked some questions about like, what credit card, like, do you have a credit card? What does money mean to you? And the the responses are fascinating. And there's a sort of, so there are some people who have, um, who have, and, and it's all women and queers, like that's my, that's my audience on, on Instagram anyway. Um, and so there are some people that have been in like horrendous debt and have managed to get themselves out of it. And they are like, yeah, no, <laughs> no credit cards ever. And that's one thing. And then there are some people that have like family stories of money and, um, and so they're scared. And so they've never, they never, either the family stories are that they've had loads of debt or that like, debt is absolutely a gross disgusting horrible thing and you should never touch it um and then there are other people that are just like oh, i never even thought about it but all of these people should have been should have been could be they're all scared of it they're all scared of, and men aren't scared of it men aren't scared of money they're not scared of debt they're taught that it's their space that it's their right my husband i don't exactly he has a he has a he has a business much newer business than mine and it's a limited company so it's a different thing but he owes money in that company and it doesn't stress him out I am 10 years into my business I'm profitable I'm award-winning I don't quite employ people but I have staff working for me and yet I'm scared of debt why like I've got the proof that my business can can stand it I can pay that money back of course I can I paid every bit of everything else back over 10 years so why am I scared of it can't remember what you asked me oh money mindset yeah so if you have a absolutely fascinating what's going on on my Instagram at the minute um I said I was going to come back to something and I can't remember what it was it was probably moaning about men wasn't it I would imagine money mindset but it wasn't it honestly it wasn't until I got a chunk of money from the government that I felt able to be playful with the money. Um, And that does, that's my proof. I think that I need to work towards having a cushion. Um, I don't have, I don't have the cushion that I want yet, but it is my proof that in business and personal life, I need to have a cushion. I can work towards that and I can invest and save and, and, and mess around and make money. Um, but yeah, my, my money mindset has definitely changed. Like, like a year ago, it was a totally different thing, totally different thing. And I'm so, 
it's so interesting to me that when the shop is, is probably doing the worst that it's done in years that actually I feel more confident than ever about money but but when as we open up and things do come back to normal and then winter comes round, I yeah we've got the space my business feels spacious and and exciting um and and I'm and 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 that excitement is not from how much money I'm going to have and like all the things that I can like buy and hoard and all that sort of stuff but it's like I mean maybe it's about the holidays I could go and I can't wait but it's also about the things that I can like the other businesses that I can start and the people that I can work with and the experiences that I can provide for my customers if I if I have the space the money for it I don't know if that answers the question yeah, no, it does, it does slightly. I'm going to check out your Instagram um, afterwards. I did have a look at it um, a couple of weeks ago when I emailed you, but um, I'll give it a follow. But yeah, it sounds super exciting. And that like, to me, it sounds like it's going to be even more exciting when you open again. It feels like you're going to just be all upgraded. Although I didn't ever know you in like before COVID. Um, so I think that's everything, but I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you if you have a quote, an empowering quote um, that just springs to mind that you want to kind of share. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, oh, my God. <laughs> like, literally just get it done. I suppose is is just do it I I don't know how inspiring it is but you've just got to do it whatever it is just do it yeah no I've heard um (laughs) someone else gave me a quote similar that was just just crack on just if you want to do something do it because life is short and you'll regret it you don't want to be going you don't want to be 60 and thinking oh why didn't I do that when I was 25 30. but even if you are 60 like I don't suppose that that's the audience that you're going for but if you're 60 you might have another 30 years of life to live like that's a long time I'm 32 years old and that's quite a long time so just just do it like there's you are never you're literally you're never too old you're never too fat you're never too boring you're never too stupid you're never too female to do anything because literally anything anything is available to you that's 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 it yeah would you say as well yeah interested um what do you think about like with confidence fake it till you make it oh you've got to (laughs) you've got to and I mean, I think I've done, I think I've done this interview probably presenting more confident than I am. I'm I'm in a very excited um, and inspired, and it's partly because of what I've been talking about on Instagram today. Um, but I have horrendous anxiety. Like it's been, I've been like recently suicidal. Like it's not sort of passively suicidal. Um, so it's not. And there's there's something in. There's, there's a voice in my head I can hear who it is I know exactly who it is telling me that I'm stupid like who do I think I am like what you've created is is all by luck it's not this it's just a shitty old messy shop in the middle of Nottingham I hear that I hear it all but th- there is nothing else that I can do but 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 press forward there's nothing else that I can do because I can't get a fucking proper job by now um I, I, I and it's all I know and it's all I know how to do and then sometimes so I've got that voice in my head and then sometimes I will I will hear from people 
about how something that I've done has inspired them to to has inspired them in some way and and you know that you're doing the right thing then um yeah you know that you're doing the right thing I mean all all that we're able to do really is to try and do good in the world isn't there and I know that by being the person that I am and talking about the things that I do in the way that I do that I know that I'm doing um I know that I'm doing some good for, for some people. And I know then that those people will do good for other people. And I know that I'm creating a bit of a ripple, although I realise I'm not creating the biggest ripples or people making bigger ripples than me, but I'm doing my best and I'm doing my bit. No, um, you've definitely inspired me today because I feel like um, your shop just sounds amazing, like with the values it holds and the community it's created through that. It does sound really cool. It's special, it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to stop the recording.